0: Okay, we are continuing on uh, from last week. We didn't finish 1.5, and that's I think that's like the the third page of uh, of the set of pages on, on the the first section of scripture. Uh, and so we're we're not going to spend a lot of time on this. But I, you, you may recall if you were here last week that I said that many consider this to be uh, the the most important. Paragraph of the most important section of the most important confession that's ever been written, something along those lines. And so, uh, so this is an important paragraph. And uh, we, as we talked about, it's it's answering the question: uh, How do we know for certain that this is God's word? That we have God's word. Um, and so, therefore, obviously, a very important uh, question. We we got through a good bit of it, so we'll just finish it out and then get on to section or paragraph six. Uh, we can do that. Let me say a word of prayer and then we'll get started. Father, we thank you this morning for uh, just for the opportunity to gather together. I know uh, last night here there was a pretty good sized storm, and we got a taste of what we see at many locations. Uh, uh, where there's uh, far more devastating damage that's done. We thank you uh, for, for sparing us, uh, even though there was some amount of uh, damage done. Uh, we look to you, and we rely upon you. We thank you, Lord, that you watch over us, uh, not just spiritually, but also physically, and you provide for us. All that we have uh, is yours, and so we thank you for that. We thank you for your hand of protection. Uh, and we thank you this morning that we can open up to your word and we can together uh set our minds and our hearts upon this and seek to understand these things. And thank you that you have you have revealed them in the ways that you have. You haven't left us without, uh, but you have opened yourself up to us. You've given us the ability to know uh far beyond, really, if we if we apply our minds to it. Uh, what we could ever think or imagine. And so we thank you for that. We do pray for your uh, help in understanding these things. Uh, help there to be clarity. Uh, and uh, I, I pray that if we have questions that maybe have been there for a long time, that you'll help us to get those out as well. Uh, we thank you and we look to you in Christ's name. Amen. <clears throat> okay, I think the best way to... Uh, just jump into this we're going to go part way down where you see it says uh, uh, maybe the majesty of the style the consent of the parts that's where we're jumping in I'm going to read the the paragraph again Uh, so uh, let me do that if you look at the way it's laid out that should help you Uh, this is one of those I I, I thought very valuable to break it out on the sheet rather than just, just read it out of the booklet So, again, paragraph 1-5. We may be moved and induced by the testimony of the church to a high and reverent esteem of the Holy Scripture and the heavenliness of the matter, the efficacy of the doctrine, the majesty of the style, the consent of all the parts, the scope of the whole, which is to give all glory to God, the full discovery it makes of the only way of man's salvation, the many other incomparable excellencies And the entire perfection thereof are arguments whereby it does abundantly evidence itself to be the Word of God. And these key words, yet notwithstanding, our full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority thereof is from the inward work of the Holy Spirit bearing witness by and with the Word in our hearts. Um, so again powerful paragraph, the first section as we talked about uh, quite a bit last week uh, the heavenliness of the matter, efficacy of the doctrine all of that section that's laid out there is uh, and you can see it in, in the line uh, just below it uh, it does evidently, or abundantly evidence itself this is the evidence of uh, This is what we look for whenever we want to prove something. If you're in a a trial, uh, what's brought forth? Well, it's evidence. And this is the evidence. And uh, as I mentioned last week, if you you look at the last couple of lines there, the many other incomparable excellencies and the entire perfection thereof are arguments whereby it does abundantly evidence itself to be the word of God. And therefore, with that kind of language uh, coming, and again, this is coming out of God's word, we would expect the evidence to be plenty. It's sufficient uh, for us to, to, to believe that this is the Word of God. The evidence is there. But, uh, as we talked about briefly and as we'll look at more, um, we've got something that stands in the way. And uh, therefore, the evidence for us, for every single one of us, anybody else out there, is not enough. Uh, we need something greater because what we're talking about is giving our lives <laughs> or or using this as truly God's Word upon which we base the way that we live our lives and that which we believe to be true. And so um, more is needed. Let me go through the, uh, just a couple more of the evidence, a uh, section of the evidence. Um, that uh, We went down through efficacy of the doctrine. So the majesty of the style, um, think for a... A moment, what... Well, let me ask. What do you think that means when we come to the Bible? How is it, this evidence? The majesty of the style. What do you think uh, the these pastors and theologians were saying there about God's Word? Majesty of the style. Let me ask the kids who are here. Um, maybe you do. Maybe you don't. But do you have a... Do you have a, a particular verse, uh, or maybe a few verses that, uh, that you've got a Bible and, and, and you love to go there and maybe you've got them memorized but, but you, you, you love to repeat them because they're like food for your soul. Uh, and just the way it all fits together, they have great meaning for you. Any of the kids here? Any verses? Okay. What, can you give just a verse or? You know, we could sit here, I, I think, to a person and listen to that again and again and again. And especially as we go throughout our week and to hear exactly that. Thank you, Eliza. That's that, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, Sarah. I don't know what chapter. You don't have to? You can just name the reference. Yeah. Um, the
1: Lord gives and the Lord takes
0: away. That's what with the ah, Isn't that great? The Lord gives and, and for us to be able to say that. The Lord gives, and the Lord takes away. The rest of the world doesn't say that, do they? they you know, give, please. But we know the Lord, and therefore it, it draws your heart to it, right? Uh, and us, you know, the rest of us here, I think, can. You know, these are great examples, and we can think of the same. Uh, maybe for us, the same uh, you know, types of words. I, for me, out of uh, you know, First Peter chapter one. Uh, just a, a, a beautiful testimony of all that we have and who Christ is and, and what we have waiting for us, the hope that uh, that is ahead for us. And uh, just a, a passage that... And it all fits together. It's got this... It is There is the content there, but also the way it's all uh, together exactly in the way that I need to hear it. The majesty of the style. Now that alone, you know, that, that's... We can listen to a poem, and perhaps it's got uh, it, it, it's put together in a way that we like to repeat. We like to hear it in our ears, but there's something more here in there. There's something far more that draw, draws us to this, that that gives us joy inside, and sometimes just uh, grabs our heart and makes us uh, listen and pay attention, even if it's something we don't want to hear. That's uh, that, that is, uh, the way the Word speaks. I mean, you may feel at times like you're kind of soaring over the heights as you hear Scripture read, as you read it yourself, maybe in the morning, uh, something to that effect. Have you ever noticed, and I'll just throw this out there, uh, I don't know if others, if this is your experience, but have you ever noticed how paraphrases, there, there, there are Bibles that are paraphrases, they're very helpful, uh, but, but they, they don't have the very words of the the text, but they they're almost like a commentary. They're more words. They're very wordy. There. You ever noticed how? I, I've never really had a paraphrase. There's some I've repeated from maybe a couple of times the message and things like that, but they, they never grab you. <laughs> well, the thing is, the God ordained the very words. We're going to talk about the Hebrew and, and the Greek later. Um, in fact, some of the kids I think have packets, or uh, maybe that's next week. Okay. No, I can't feel- Great. Uh, some of the packets that have the Hebrew alphabet, the Greek alphabet, but it's the very words that God has ordained for us. Now, not all of us know Greek, and not all of us know Hebrew, but um, uh, and so God has provided for that. But the very words are important. Uh, so the majesty of the style. Anything else on that? The the consent of all the parts. The Bible never contradicts itself. Now, I know you can go out there to. And find websites on the internet and say all the contradictions of of the Bible. But if you know the Bible and you know the context uh and, and you understand uh what the Bible's saying all the way through, the Bible doesn't contradict itself. Uh now many say it does, but many also lack understanding. Uh but you think about all the different parts there, what is often said, forty different authors over fifteen hundred years. Spread all over uh, the part, but uh, all writing in a way that it all has one message; that it's all pointing in one direction. You, know, you can kind of notice if you go to, uh, and we spend more time doing this here, I think, than a lot do in in the church. But how uh, details in, in Genesis, and uh, and go to uh, Deuteronomy, and Isaiah, and Ezekiel, and uh and then into the new testament but but how they all provide perfect harmony together as they as they point to the new testament and as they tell what's going to happen and as they speak about ourselves Uh, and so uh, the consent of all the parts Um, and then the scope of the whole Uh, again this is very much related to the prior one consent of all the parts what's the scope of the whole what does it say here? The scope of the whole is? To give all glory to God. Anybody uh, know the, the first uh, question of the Shorter Catechism? There's the question. What is the chief end of man? Anybody? What is it? Man's chief end is... To... That's that's exactly right. Yes. Yes. Uh, to glorify God and enjoy Him forever, and and that should be our, our heart and mind scope of the whole, to give all glory to God. And now there are passages in here that uh, speak of uh, God's wrath being executed upon maybe a people, uh, um, and, and and upon people in general, those who are against Him. Um, again, you know, all the way through, no matter what it is. Uh, giving glory to God, God is magnified by His Word you know, all the way through, and so scope of the whole, full discovery of the only way of man's salvation. Uh, this is this is what preaching uh, really is 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 all about. Now it's preaching through and through is to is to open up God's Word to us and apply it to our hearts. But at the heart of it is the gospel. Uh, at the heart of God's word is the gospel. And so the Bible all the way through illuminates our need. And the Bible all the way through speaks about how that need is met in what God has ordained in the Lord Jesus. And so, uh, it shows the one way to meet that need. Uh, turn to, or somebody turn to Acts 412. Acts 4.12. Okay, if you get there, who's there? All right, Edie, can you read that for us? Oh, no, I'm oh. sorry. Uh,
1: how
2: about? There you go. Neither
1: is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name above, under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved.
0: Neither is there salvation in any other, uh, for there is one name, uh, no other name, only one name, given uh, uh, under heaven, given among men, by which we must be saved. Uh, and and that's, that's what the Bible is pointing to all the way through, the one way of man's salvation. Uh, there it's in a verse, but the whole Bible uh, brings that out. And then you get the next uh, couple of uh, uh, statements. There, um, many other incomparable excellencies. The entire perfection thereof. The Bible is perfect <laughs> that way. Now we'll talk about it in a little bit what what exactly that means, uh, because and we we did already to some extent uh, that that. The perfection that we hold in our hands. Uh, this version is not perfect. We we believe that the Bible in the original autographs uh, was exactly word by word what God set down. Uh, in other words, what was written and it was truly written by by men, uh, written for our benefit. But it's it, it was uh, given originally to be exactly that which he intended. Um, now, it's come over the years. It's been copied uh, meticulously, but there are copy errors and things like that that we need to deal with. That's why we have what's called textual criticism. that is a science that can go back and look. But the, the biggest benefit of textual criticism, I think, is just to say that as we trace back, uh, there are no errors that, uh, that are sufficient to give us any doubt in anything in God's Word, any of the main doctrines. There are no errors that uh, that are found there. And so, um, so again, all the way through, uh, there's a perfection uh, to the Bible. Two words, yet notwithstanding. Now, the, the original question that we were asking was, how do I know for certain that this is God's Word? Uh, and what is it, let me ask, what is it that, that stands, I think we brought this up last week but we need to mention it again what is it that stands in our way we've got all this evidence that's here why would i say that there is no man or woman uh, upon the earth that will be convinced by all that evidence uh, such that they truly believe that this is god's word to the extent of giving themselves over what is it that our sin nature, our sin nature that's exactly right we must about the holy spirit, that's
2: right
0: and and I, and I think if, if we if, if we bring that home to our minds and our hearts we must have or someone must have the holy spirit in order to receive this as God's word and therefore to take it to hear it to live by it if we really bring that home, that, that changes a, a, a lot about the way we do things, about the way we think, about the way we evangelize others, uh, and including ourselves. If we realize and are convinced, convicted inside, the Holy Spirit is dwelling within, then that changes things. Uh, because all of a sudden this becomes uh, very important. Somebody say something.
1: Okay. I was going to say Yeah, yeah even because of our sin nature the work of the holy spirit is continually doing this work and so it is right. like this full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority you know i don't think it's an instant means right. it's made possible by the holy spirit but i think just like the process of, of the holy spirit sanctifying us and more and more convincing us of that um, and and that that more and more says it's you know, without the Holy Spirit there's no way of that happening um, even with the Holy Spirit it's a process That's
0: right and and if you look at and you may be able to think about your own experience but you look at uh, at God's Word and how this works and how we're uh, instructed by it that the way it does happen is someone comes to faith in Christ there may be and often there are. Right then, there are these these huge areas uh, that their, their hands been holding on tightly to something, and all of a sudden, it's like this, <laughs> uh, this means so much more. My my idol went from being this thing that I'm hanging on to to being the living God, and so immediately I'm, I'm letting loose. But but what does God then do? He he's in the process of shaping, but it's in order to draw us to Him, and so. He leaves these areas in our lives in which, uh, yes, that's exactly right, there, there's this continual work that needs to be done, the Holy Spirit at work in our hearts, and we're falling back at times. And then we're 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 coming back up. Uh, maybe we fall back for some time period. But then we, we move forward. And what He's doing, He's shaping us into something that's completely different, not only than we were before, but then any person is able to be uh, on their own. Uh, and so, uh, yeah, the inward work of the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I will say the argument of some is that this is subjectivism, which means that this is just uh, us, uh, as, and of course this is out of scripture, but us saying that, uh, well now there's this, this inner light inside, and so, uh, I, I'm able to see things differently, but it's really subjectivism. It's really just me, Uh, in and of myself so that I feel different or I feel that this is the Word of God. And and I'll just say beware of that. That's not at all what this is because it's the opposite. Uh, If the Holy Spirit comes from the outside and dwells within, that's not subjectivism. That's something completely objective. It's just that we can't visually see it. And so the Holy Spirit... Truly dwelling within, why else would someone all of a sudden they've been going in this way, and all of a sudden, completely different? Their heart is given over. Fruit begins to show: love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, on and on, and uh, and it manifests itself in their lives. Uh, yeah, God.
2: What you were saying before, the truth would be obvious if not for them to, uh, um, suppressing the truth and righteousness. Um, and then God comes and He gives us a new heart and. Uh, you know, face the scales from our eyes, and then we, we're seeing that this is God's word. It's, it's just like if uh, if I said that that word behind you is white, and then somebody would say, well, how do you know? And I'm, I'm looking at it. It's right there. That's right. right. But, oh, no, but, but how do you, that's just you. And it, no, it's white. I'm looking at it. And yeah. it, it's the same thing with God's word, because, uh, you know, but for them suppressing the truth, it would be as obvious as anything to them. Um, and it, it, the, the difference is that God has, uh, has, has granted me repentance and faith, and I'm, I'm able to see, just as I see that that word is white, right. that, that this is God's word.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, Jim. You
2: know,
3: there are many people that that who consider themselves to be Bible scholars uh-huh. or that's that's right? I think there are many seminary professors that probably would fall in that particular category, but they haven't been redeemed. They really, you know, Brilliant they have, mind. They have yeah. a, an academic knowledge, That's right. a, a head knowledge, if you will, of what the Bible is saying. But it takes that uh, to be redeemed to understand that when the Bible speaks, God speaks. Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, you know, there's a huge Distance between head knowledge and soul knowledge. That's right. So maybe about eight inches or ten inches, or those are the longest ten inches that you can possibly travel. And it takes an act of God yeah. to make you realize that this is really God speaking to
0: me. Yeah, I like the way you said that. You know, distance doesn't seem that long and you know, and to us it doesn't seem that perhaps big, that great, but when we think Objectively about what's really taking place—it's uh, it is miraculous. You could use that word. It's night and day. Turn to First Corinthians chapter two. I just want us to, and then we'll, we'll move on. But I, I want us to see in God's words the reality of what uh, of what takes place. Uh, so First Corinthians chapter two, verse ten. And I'm going to go just before that. Verse 10 is where I really want to start. But uh, um, just before that, Paul says you know, things like, None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined, what God has prepared for those who love Him. Uh, and so he, he's talking about uh, that, that wisdom that is received by the Holy Spirit, but then he, he talks specifically about how that takes place. Right after that, uh, look beginning at verse ten. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit, capital S, right? For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. And verse eleven is the one I want to, you know, 11 to 12, I think. Uh, For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person? Little less. right? The Spirit of that person, which is in him. Uh, so, every one of us, we you can look at the person next to you, even if it's your wife or husband, you can look at them, and you don't know, you know some would say you know the thoughts that they're thinking, but uh, but you don't truly, you're not able to think those same thoughts. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also, no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit, capital S, the spirit of God. Uh, now, we have received... So this is objective. We have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit, capital S, who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. So go back and read those words again. Yet notwithstanding our full persuasion and assurance of the infallible truth and divine authority thereof is from the inward work of the Holy Spirit. Bearing witness by and with the word in our hearts. So the Lord dwells within. He opens our eyes. He helps us to see. Wait, this is important. Okay, it's not just important. This is the word of God. Uh and therefore this has this has authority in my life and, and needs to be applied, and I can understand it as well as I begin going through. We'll talk about uh just a moment uh how much we can understand and the great depth that is here, but we can understand that which we need to understand why? Because the spirit is at work. And Objective. Verse 14, what? Verse fourteen shows uh, us read it. <laughs> it says, Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, can you read that?
1: The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit
0: of God, for they are falling to him. And he is not
1: able to understand them, because they are not spiritually discerned.
0: Okay, and, and that, that the natural person is the one who is born into this world, subject to the fall and uh, and, and the, the transgression of sin, uh, and the amputation of that sin, and then you know, the natural person uh, that you you'd see on the street does not accept the things of God, will not receive it, uh, you know, doesn't like it, you could put, uh, because that's the, the nature of the heart. It's foolishness. And, of course, that's what the world thinks about the things that we're talking about here. It is foolishness. Um, and then he goes on to talk about the spiritual person, the one who has received the Spirit. Uh, for who has understood the mind of the lord so as to instruct him but we have the mind of Christ. what wonderful words <laughs> so um, and, and just to touch on one more thing you know bearing witness by and with the word in our hearts again we're, we're seeing that again and again that's so important that's the way the spirit works and it's not that always the word isn't opened in front of us or we're just listening to the preach word or whatever you know. As we come to know it and we live and we're living our lives, uh, it, it's the Holy Spirit in the circumstances of our lives opening up our eyes to be able to truly see uh, and to understand this is God's Word, this is authoritative to me. Uh, but what's the requirement? What's the one requirement? It must be there. The Holy Spirit must be present. Uh, and therefore, we must be of faith. Faith is the key. Um, So you can kind of see there how the Holy Spirit works, uh, uh, something about how he uh, persuades us. you look at the next paragraph there, uh, one more. I think this is the last one that I kind of broke out on the sheet, uh, because this one can be a a bit of a challenge um, there. So uh, this one is, you see that heading there, it's it's essentially about the sufficiency of. Of Scripture, you can see that in the first few words, uh, what uh, the, the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary, and there are three different areas necessary for His own glory, for man's salvation, for faith and life, uh, and it's talking that this the, the word is sufficient; it provides everything that we need, uh, and then it has some other words there that are helpful. So. Uh, I guess somebody uh, will. You want to read that to us? That paragraph there. You would.
1: <clears throat> the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for His own glory, and salvation, faith, and life, is either expressly set down in Scripture, or by good and necessary consequence may be deduced from Scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. Nevertheless, they acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and government of the Church common to human actions and societies, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence according to the general rules of the Word
0: which are always to be observed. okay there's a lot there uh, we probably we won't make it through all of it but uh, let me ask the question first uh, it says all things necessary does the Bible tell us about everything you got to get this out of the way <laughs> uh, okay maybe some of the kids who are here tell me something that the Bible doesn't directly tell us about any, any anybody what what's something that you can think of the Bible doesn't really? Open up to us. Yeah, Eliza. What? Heaven. Okay, well, it does tell us about heaven. That's one of the things. But what's something that it doesn't... Have, that you, you you may go through in school, perhaps, or whatever. That the Bible doesn't directly open up or tell us about? I'm
1: talking about the details of heaven. It
0: doesn't like- Okay, yeah. Now, there there are some of the details. You're, you're right. They, uh, but I'm talking about things that we do experience, that we do see and we do learn about... Uh, but uh,
1: so it what, tell
0: us how to fly an airplane. How to fly an airplane. Yeah, so, so have you ever heard somebody that's, uh, you know, they're, they're about to, to land the plane, the pilot gets knocked out or something, and, and, and somebody has to go forward real quick and, and, and fly the airplane. So they grab their Bible and they open it up and, okay, how do I fly this? Well, they may pray. <laughs> so that's good. The Bible doesn't tell you how to fly Cats. an airplane. What? Cats. Cats. It doesn't tell you about cats, does it? I, actually, I, there, there's got to be something about cats. I'm
1: pretty there. sure
0: there's no cats in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how to clean up when the cat. Well, anyway. So, yeah, yes. It doesn't tell you about cars. doesn't tell you about cars. Right. That's really good. About how to fix your engine. Right? It doesn't tell you about how to cook. How to cook. Yeah, now, maybe some things we can find in there, but you're, you're exactly right. It doesn't. T- so, so, all of these things and many, many more in our lives that we're surrounded by, you know, The Bible, it it doesn't tell us everything. And look at those first few words: the whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for three, for His own glory, for God's own glory, for man's salvation, for faith and life, uh, and, and you know, in, in general. Okay. So it doesn't tell us everything. That's that's important to recognize. But what does it tell us? What does it give us? What does it help us with? Well, there there are two items there, um, two ways that the Bible does give us what we need. Okay, the stuff that's in red there, there are two ways that it does give us that. It says it's either, number one, expressly set down in Scripture. That means we open it up, it tells us, (laughs) you know, know, thou shalt not murder. Whatever it might be, it tells us. Uh, but then, or, by good and necessary consequence, may be deduced from Scripture. You know, I just got a book last week. It was actually an electronic book, so I could show you the cover here uh, my iPad. But uh, a book, the, the title of the book is Good and Necessary Consequence. And so it opens up this right here. So what is that talking about? So there's some things that are given to us directly in Scripture. There are others that, by good and necessary consequence, may be deduced from Scripture. What's that talking about?
1: Trinity.
0: Trinity. That's, that's a good example. We don't find the word Trinity in the Bible. Jesus opposed the Pharisees and said, uh, you
2: know, don't be talking about the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Mm-hmm. And, and then he, he drew the consequence that, uh, that, that they are still living it's, it's
0: good. It doesn't say directly, right? But
2: and we are, you just expected them to deduce. That. That's
0: right, and so that word "deduce" is important because it means you use logic. Uh, you know, that was the one course. Uh, I know many, some of the kids here have had a course in logic. That was the one course. When I went into seminary, and I was kind of mystified by this, but they required us to have up front. And I didn't have a course in, in logic in order to go into seminaries. So I did some some reading and and, and whatnot, uh, but it was required for some this is the reason that it was required. This is part of the reason. Uh, because we are to use logic that based on what God has said, this is clearly what he's saying, even though he doesn't say it in so many words, the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is one God, yet three persons. Um, you know, as, as you go through, it becomes more and more clear, especially in the New Testament. You can't get away from it. You have to explain it somehow. Uh, and what we do is we derive from Scripture the truth. Um, and there are other, uh, many other matters like this. So, a uh, good and necessary consequence, uh, is, is important. And it's to, another thing here is it doesn't say there that it's less than Scripture. So the Trinity isn't somehow. This, this is Scripture. It's given directly. This is down here. No. Uh, when it's derived from Scripture, we use our minds and our hearts and it's it's there. It's given to us. Um, okay, so anything else on that? Uh, Unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit uh, or uh, traditions of, of men. Nothing is to be... Added. There's no new revelation. Now, this does not deny uh, new work of the Holy Spirit. That that you know, we already read about the Holy Spirit bearing witness, by and with the Word in our hearts, that that He opens our hearts to be able to see. And that's what the whole next section is about. Is about the inward illumination of the Spirit of God, uh, the way that He opens up that which has been revealed, so that we're able to see it. But uh, new revelation. Somebody comes up to you and says, "You know what? God told me to X, X, Y, and Z. God told me, you know, to, to do this." Uh, and so, verbally told me, especially when uh, and and this happens a lot today in the church. But uh, especially when it's something that you know, there, there's, that's not in scripture. That actually often goes against what scripture says, but, but no, this is a, it, it's new revelation to me, and therefore, and what does that make all of a sudden that's authoritative? What's authoritative? It's me. It's not, not the word. It's not God speaking through his word. It is my own heart and my own, uh, ability. And then there are designated people who are the authorities, uh, prophets. Uh, today and uh, you know all of of that, and that that does happen quite a bit today. Um, but uh, if someone does walk up to you and say, "Well, I'm I'm a prophet. God has told me this," I often say, "Run the other direction," um, uh, <laughs> because there is nothing to be added. Let's go to a couple of passages. Second uh, Timothy three. This is a very well known uh, passage. Second Timothy three, verse sixteen. get it, Lee? Even though you got the hands folded. All right.
1: Oh, did, did you have it? I oh, it. Okay. Okay. No. No problem. <laughs> That's right. Uh,
0: let's see. You got it, Amy? I'm just um, no. My oh. fingers are not working. Okay.
2: Let me get. All scripture is God breathed and is useful for teaching righteousness, so that the man
0: of God be equipped for every good work. And obviously it's saying the man of God, the woman of God, uh, the, the person of, of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. All scripture, uh, that word scripture uh, is graphe, it's the writings. Uh, and they're speaking about the Old Testament, the, uh, that's what uh, Paul was writing to Timothy, But then as the New Testament becomes part of that, this applies to all Scripture, that which is part of the canon of Scripture, that which God has has, uh, set forth and the the church has recognized. Just recognize that it's God who has uh, made this Scripture. Uh, But it's used for these things so that we may be complete, equipped for every good work. There's not something that's needed to be added in order for us to be uh, complete. Um, One more place, Hebrews chapter 1 a couple of really important uh, passages: Hebrews chapter one, verse uh, first three verses, or half of the first three, uh, verse three. So, Jim, you want to get that?
3: Who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself first our sins. Set down the right
0: hand of the majesty of God. Okay, what, what was that? Hebrews, did you say Hebrew? Hebrews 1, yeah. Hebrews 1, verse 1? No,
3: yeah. oh, verse 3. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, verse, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking for, so 1 to 3, I'm sorry. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> God, what sundry times and diverse manners, spoke in time past unto the fathers of the prophets, hath in these last days Spoken unto us by his son, whom he has appointed a point of of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory, and the expressed image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power.
0: Okay, you, you stop there, but um, so in the past you know, notice this is Hebrews, the author of Hebrews writing New Testament, uh, long ago, many times, many ways. Uh, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. Uh, This is uh, prior to the intertestamental period. God spoke to the fathers by by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, uh, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and and on and on. So now he spoke by the prophets, no less the word of God. Uh spoken by the Son now, no more the Word of God, but together this is the witness of Scripture. This is what we have. That We don't have an open canon uh, waiting for more uh, to be added. And so, uh, uh, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. What's that last phrase really pointing to, traditions of men? The, the Roman Catholic Church, it, it is, uh, because of, uh, the, the, what, what is stated there and what they, they hold that, uh, the Pope is able to speak outside of Scripture and directly from God. And, and, uh, and we can see that popes have contradicted themselves and they've done this over time and all of that. And it's just, uh, kind of obvious, but, uh, but that was especially, uh, what they were dealing with at this time. Uh, nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit to be necessary, absolutely necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the, wor- in, in the Word. And so uh, this is uh, the, you know, what we call um, the, the inward, you know, as we read there, the inward illumination of the Spirit. The Spirit... Um, opening our eyes to be able to see in Scripture what God has uh, said. And we cannot desire Christ. <laughs> we cannot, uh, no one will turn to Christ without this, uh, without the, the, the uh, inward illumination of the Spirit changing the heart, drawing us to, uh, to Christ, and, and then opening our eyes to be able to see the gospel be able to see our own sin and the, the, the terrible condition of our, our place, our hearts, and, but then to see Christ and to see how He has provided for us. And so uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful uh, words. Um, and then uh, so there are two things that are need well, I mean, um, two things needed for salvation. One is the scripture. The other is the Holy Spirit. Same as we saw back in the prior uh, um, uh, paragraph. Uh, now, then it goes on to say, and there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God, the government of the church, common to human actions and societies, which are or- to be ordered by the light of nature. Anybody remember what that phrase, the light of nature, is referring to? Uh, it, we've all been made in the image of God. All of us. The fall happened, corrupted that image. Yet, we're still those who are made in the image of God. We still, we have a conscience, uh, that we're able still to, to see in a way that, uh, and understand things and we use our intelligence and all of that. That's still part of that image that sets us apart from the other creatures, right? Uh, so all of that is the, the light of nature. Um, and so there, there there's some circumstances, uh, which are to be ordered by that light of nature and Christian prudence, and it, it's basically saying there that 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 we we use our minds, and there are some things that we do which are not expressly set down in Scripture. You know, one that I used the other day that's kind of kind of common. Well, we, we go into worship and we turn on the lights. We decide, we, well, the Bible doesn't say we have to turn on the lights and have lights, but we do that um, because uh, you know we need to be able to see, and, and this is just common sense and. And so that's kind of what it's saying here. There, there are some things. It's kind of, you know, some may be very pedantic and say, "Well, you said, uh, you know, for worship, uh, that that it has to be set forth in Scripture." Well, this is saying, you know, use common sense as well. Sorry. It seems like this part. That, so. uh, yeah. Elements
1: of
2: worship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
2: The
0: page, we can't say the light of nature said that we candles around right, right, right and so so we we look and we don't add elements to it uh, that's exactly right and uh, to the worship of God the government of the church yeah, so you have anything else? Was oh, okay, <laughs> alright that was good um, okay, uh, real quick John six forty five. just touch on a couple of these. Somebody else turned to Ephesians one eighteen. So, let's see. One of you guys, Caleb, can you turn to Ephesians 1.18 and then John 6.45. If you, if you got it, raise your hand. Okay.
2: Great. Jake. It is written through the prophets, and they shall all be taught about. Everyone who has heard and learned from the following
0: Okay, uh, everyone who has heard and learned from the Father comes to, comes to me. They will all be taught by God. You know, the, the God teaches us. He opens our eyes to be able to see uh, and, and taught by God. Now, yes, there, there may be humans in, in that mix or there may not, uh, but uh, taught by God is the inward illumination of the Spirit. Uh, Ephesians 1.18. Okay, having the eyes of your hearts enlightened? Think about that. The eyes of your heart. Does your, does your heart have eyes? Well, first of all, we have to ask, what is my heart? It's, it's not really talking about the thing that's pumping, right? The heart, biblically, is the center of your being. Uh, it's that uh, part from which uh, everything else flows out uh, out of your mouth. Often and things like that. So the heart and the mind uh, and, and the soul we often see together uh, as, as one. So that's but the, the eyes of your heart. Does that have eyes? The answer is no, not physical eyes. Spiritual eyes? Yes. Uh, the eyes of the eyes of the heart. So that's what it's uh, what it's referring to there. The, uh, the 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 work of the spirit, the illumination of the spirit that takes place. Um, and you can see that last that last bullet there. I said uh, we live not only by what we find in the Word, but also by what we find in nature. That's uh, talking about those last uh, couple of lines there. Okay, anything else on um, one six? Okay, one seven. One seven. To for this, you got to turn your your books. Um, and again, I'll just remind you that as we go through. That uh, we're actually looking at the one on the left. Remember these books; they, they're a mirror. The one on the right is the the modern English version, and so just a few words that are different. Actually, the biggest difference is the one on the left actually has the proof texts, the references. Um, but but this is talking as you see there. The word is the clair, or the title, the clarity of Scripture that I've got in the notes. Uh, let's. Um, Just everybody, look at this as I read these words. All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened up in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned, but the unlearned, in a due use of the ordinary means, may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them uh, and just to run through a couple of those words again uh, let me read that first line all things in scripture are not alike plain in themselves Does anybody want to read that and, and breathe kind of a sigh of relief okay it's not only me <laughs> you know not not all things in scripture are just are just plain and easy to see. Although some people may, may Not only Peter. what? Not only Peter. Yeah, that's, that's right. We, we've actually got a, a place that at the end of uh, you know, Second Peter where Peter talks about Paul, and he, and he says, uh, you know, Paul writes some things that are they're hard to understand. <laughs> so that's Peter, and that's great comfort for us. And so this is this is a line that should uh, give us comfort. Um, how about? Name some parts of, of the word that you feel are they're just not all that plain and clear. Maybe it's a a, a chapter somewhere. Maybe it's an entire book.
2: Revelation.
0: Thank you. That's that's often the first one said, and it's true. It's true. The book of Revelation. You know, I I'm not sure. Maybe you can confirm this, Garth, but I I've heard that the reason that uh, that John Calvin didn't write. I think it's he, I'm talking about the right one, didn't write a commentary. Yeah, you
2: heard that for me. I heard that uh, Dr. Calhoun... Okay, yeah, maybe I did
0: yeah, yeah, hear it from you. The reason he didn't write a commentary on Revelation was he said, there's some things there that are really yeah, difficult to understand. understand <laughs> so This is John Calvin. That doesn't mean that we take the book of Revelation and set it aside, by the way. Uh, we are going to be going through the book of uh, Revelation, and it is valuable. And there are things there that are plain, but... Look at Revelation, all taken kind of all together, and you see the different approaches and everything. And the church is 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 right to have different views, uh, in some senses. There, um, not if it creates a whole different view of the of the Bible and how we see the Bible. That's a different matter altogether. Um, anyway, so yeah, oh, other other areas that you'd say, yeah, that's, that's a challenge. Ezekiel. Ezekiel, thank you. I know you guys are going through Ezekiel. Right now. <laughs> Have you gotten to chapter forty and, and following uh, on the temple? Okay, okay. Well you know it's uh when I was a new believer, uh I, I started well, before I
2: was a new believer, I I started reading through and I thought i through the Bible and yep. mm-hmm. I uh, I ended up jumping to the New Testament when I got to Leviticus because I, I didn't understand why all of that stuff was there.
0: And and that's okay, isn't it It makes sense, but, but then you, you do want to go back and begin reading. Yeah. As, as you begin reading all the way through, all the way through the Bible, what happens more and more? I mean, you're seeing the whole, the scope of the whole, <laughs> it yeah. starts and to fall I into place the more and more, correct? Right? And, explained yeah. and, and yeah. they
2: explained and taken me the Scriptures. Yeah, I understood that, yep. and then I, I so loved it so. because uh, it gave me a greater sense of you know, the, the God's holiness and, right. and that we must be holy. Separate, you know,
0: uh, a... and some of the challenges that we face in our own hearts because we're not holy and on and on in the way God has provided. Yeah, so so uh, wonderful. And we could we could go on, yeah, Jim. You no, know,
3: there's a lot of truth to that song that says, uh, I love God because He loved me. And yeah, we I trust that we all love God, we all love our Lord. But why do we love Him? And am just going back to what you were saying 40 minutes ago, because of the Holy Spirit. Right. We love Him simply as a result of His love for us. If He had not loved us first, we would have no love for Him. Uh, yeah, that's
0: that's exactly right. And as as we live out that more and more, uh, yeah, He's given us His Word, and, and He opens our eyes, He illuminates inside. And so even though there are difficult parts of Scripture some of it, uh, well, the, the parts that we need become uh, more and more plain and clear. Notice what it says a little bit uh, further. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation. There's there's, there's the the heart of it, the key. Are so clearly propounded and opened up in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned, but the unlearned. Now, the, the, the uh, confession... Uh, they didn't hesitate to. You know, sometimes we, we might hesitate to say this. That, you know, uh, whoever Jim's got, yeah, he, he's pretty sharp. He, he can fit things together. Or, or, or whoever. but I have more of a challenge with this. And there are others who there are things that stand in the way, perhaps, or, or, or you know, I, I have a real challenge with understanding things. But this says not only the learned, but the unlearned, in a due use of the ordinary means. What are the ordinary means? By the way, that's important. Preaching. What preaching? Okay, good. Teaching, reading, uh, you know. So God's word, study, prayer is is actually a huge one for opening our eyes to be able to see, um, and, and and on and on. The the ordinary means that uh, include you know the taking the the sacraments as well that we. You know, we go deeper in our understanding of who Christ is and what He has done. And that He's at work inside of me and opens my eyes up to to His Word. Uh, so that uh, due use of the ordinary means may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them. From very young, youngest, uh, I've heard wonderful testimonies from some who they said, you know, I. I remember and and I see the fruit in their lives and I see everything else there and they said I can't remember a day in my life when I didn't I didn't believe and I didn't receive this as uh, as God's Word they were able to understand as they were very young and and being able to hear it from their parents or from whomever uh, and and know the gospel and uh, and know that for themselves as they grew older uh, uh, wonderful thing. Um I will say, just as we close, this was a a major issue. This issue was major during the Reformation. Um, the the church, the Roman Catholic Church, said that only the church has the right to interpret Scripture, uh, um, and no one else. Uh, you know what? What Luther brought out. Martin Luther said every single Person has a right to private interpretation. They have a right to, to have the scriptures set before them, and we'll talk in the next paragraph next week about uh, it needs to be in, a, in, in the common language of the people so that we can do it. Here's what, uh, yeah, there's uh, the Roman Catholic Catechism, the Baltimore Catechism, this is question number 1328. So if you, you feel like the shorter Catechism, ah, this is hard to go through, and, and memorizing it's a, a real, t- well, 1328. But here's the question. How can we know the true meaning of the doctrines contained in the Bible? And here's their answer. We can know the true meaning from the Catholic Church, which has been authorized by Jesus Christ to explain His doctrines, and which is preserved from error in its teaching by the special assistance of the Holy Ghost. Now, what it's talking about when it says the church, it's talking about the priests. And so the individual must not have this, God's Word, that's, that's dangerous because the, the individual can't understand uh, God's word. Uh, and we can go, and we're not going to go there now, but we can go to, to places and, and, and see. No, this is for God's people. This is every, every single person that uh, God has given us the ability to, to look and to understand, to take joy in, uh, and to, to uh, receive, to put things together. Uh, you know, Rome says, in essence, that we need to trust the pure word of man rather than the obscure doctrine of the word. Yeah, that's basically saying so, that
3: the papacy has the premise of scripture. That's right, that's right. It, it, they are like the Supreme Court yeah. that has to interpret what the, what the mind Which is, is.
0: problematic. <laughs> Very problematic. So, and we can look at the course of the, uh, history and see those problems. Let me say a word of prayer. Let's, uh, let's, let's go. Father, we thank you uh, for... The truths of your word. We thank you for the work of the Holy Spirit. These things we've been talking about today, that you do that within us. You open our eyes to be able to see and to receive and change our hearts uh, so that this becomes that which we desire. And you, through the illumination of the Spirit, open our eyes, the eyes of our heart that, that we can, we can see and understand and fit together uh, and, and, and it changes the way, therefore, that we live our lives, the way that we take your commandments and uh, live them out and, and on and on. So we thank you for the, the wonderful resources that you have given us. Uh, and we thank you that we can see you and know that you are God and see this word and know that this is truly your word. What a gift that is. Uh, Father, we pray that you will help us to Uh, Be prepared as we uh, look to, to come together in worship. We thank you in Christ's name. Amen.